You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Thursday, April 22nd, and I'm running the show solo today, but we've got a lot to talk about. First, I did some center rankings for DKPittsburghSports.com earlier this week. I'm going to go over those rankings and why day two of the draft at the center position is huge for the Steelers this NFL draft. And we will dip into the topic bag. Who might the Steelers trade up for and what might actually work for them? I'll explore that all on today's show, which is brought to you by rockauto.com. Remember, when you go to rockauto.com, they have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. And if you're not subscribed, get on it. Subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Odyssey app. And if you're enjoying the Locked On Steelers podcast, please rate us five stars. Give us a positive comment. When you do both at the same time, it really helps us out. And you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. So before I dip into my rankings on the centers, let's just talk about the center position as a whole. Now, I know yesterday I spent a lot of time talking about Mike Tomlin. In fact, we spent the whole the whole time talking about Mike Tomlin with Dean and Josh. Great episode. Go back and listen to it about Mike Tomlin's extension. I'm going to give you a break on the coach speak. We're going to go into talking about the center position and why I think it's so important. Now, beyond the obvious, the Steelers don't got no centers that are you know top tier. Heck, they don't got a draft pick of a center on their roster right now. B.J. Finney's undrafted. So with J.C. Ossenauer. Now, granted, B.J. Finney, I do think can be a reclamation project for the Steelers that doesn't actually become that much of a project. Uh, Something that B.J. Finney said a while back, and I've covered on the show, but remember when he left for Seattle, which was where he was originally signed last year in free agency, he didn't get to get to Seattle because... COVID messed up his travel plans, then he was kind of stuck, then he said he was going to make a personal decision to kind of keep himself safe, that kind of led him to being out of shape when he got to Seattle, he wasn't at his best, didn't win the spot, Uh, then he didn't play much, then he was traded to Cincinnati, where they were already in shambles, and they didn't even try to use him, so... A lot of the perceptions that, man, B.J. Finney's uh, lost it, maybe they're true, but we haven't even seen him. And what uh, might a full year of preparation look like? Well, I've already covered how the Steelers have been 11-2 when he's started on their offensive line, so I don't think it's necessarily that bad. But even with that, you want to have some protection on your offensive line and maybe an upgrade. And I do think that there is talent in this draft to be that good on the offensive line and at the center position to put pieces together. Um, for one, this offensive line isn't as broken as many people think it is. I think it needs a little bit of retooling as far as getting the guys to do certain do different things. I think it needs Zach Banner to be healthy because he did win the spot last year and then get injured in the first game of the season. Um, I think Akor 4 took some steps last year. He had some ups and downs, but I think he could be there. But what could really pull this line together is if this, if the center position is an upgrade this year, um, and as much as we all respect and know what Marquise Pouncey did for the organization over the years, he was not good last year. 
He was, you know, he was obviously limited, not the same mobile center who could pull and block in space, made prob had problems snapping the ball as we saw in the playoffs, just wasn't the same Marquise Pouncey that, that, that we were used to. And if there's an upgraded center, the Steelers have the potential to have a really good interior offensive line, which could not only help protect Ben Roethlisberger, but get that run game going. And when the interior offensive line's playing very well, that helps the offensive tackles. And there's, you know, if you need if you need evidence to that, go back and look at those mid 2010s teams with those offensive lines. When Pouncey and DeCastro and Road Foster were rocking, it made the job for Marcus Gilbert or Alejandro Villanueva or Kelvin Beecham or any of the guys who played offensive tackle at those times. It made their jobs all easier because they were working well. And if you put a center in, if you get a really good center in between DeCastro and Dotson, they may become a serious trio in the middle of the line that everybody's respecting. And that's why I think the center position is so important. Now, is it that important this year spending a first-round pick on it? No, because I don't see any of the guys as first-round picks. I'll get into who I think is the best one in the very next segment. But um, And if you want to read my rankings and look at the film that I present on them, I did a Carter's Classroom on this for DKPittsburghSports.com that published Wednesday morning. Go check that out. It's on the site. Um, I also have a new mock draft out that's on DKPittsburghSports.com. Now, if you're a subscriber for DK, you can go read the Carter's Classroom at any point in time. If you're not, you can check out the mock draft. That's for free. But the uh, it links also to several of my film analysis that I've put on the website. So you'll need to be a subscriber to do that. And hey, subscribe. It's a great it's a, it's a great website. We cover the Steelers, Pirates, Penguins. We cover Pitt. We cover Penn State. We cover all the different things. And you'll get tons of NFL draft analysis from myself and Dale Lolly, who's uh, a guy that I learn a lot from when I'm working on the beat but anyways back to the point about centers this is an important position in the Steelers history in all but Super Bowl 43 every Super Bowl that the Steelers have attended they've had a prominent center at the position in the early 70s it was Ray Mansfield in the late 70s it was Mike Webster in the 90s it was Dermonte Dawson in the in the mid 2000s with 2005 it was Jeff Hardings uh and then you know they, they kind of had a break in 2008 but in 2010 when they got back it was Marquise Pouncey who led the way for the position and uh, you know arguably when you study the center position over time you could say that Dermonte Dawson and Mike Webster are the two greatest centers of all time now does it mean that every Steelers team for the rest of the season has to have a great center? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that we can see how the position does impact the roster. So in, after this after this next break, I want to get into who I rank as the better centers of this class and why I think they're actually very attainable for the Steelers. But first, we got to talk to our friends at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today
back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing the show here. Again, we've been talking about the center position. I know I explained to you why it's so important. Now, let me explain to you where I got these guys ranked. Now, the center position has, you know, a certain value this year where there's no guy who's a super dominant center with no red flags. Because when there is, that guy can get into the first round. Center's not as important to a lot of of teams as much as offensive tackle, which is why there's going to be a lot of offensive tackles drafted um, in the first round and probably at least four or five offensive tackles drafted before there's a center. But if there was a a closest to the best option that you had at center this year, for my money, that would be Landon Dickerson. Now, of course, anyone who knows Landon Dickerson... He's a a guy who's played center all through college football. He was Florida State, and he's at Alabama, but he's a heck of a player. But he's had he's had significant injuries all throughout his career in college, and that's a red flag. But when you look at this guy on tape, and I, again, I broke this down in my Carter's classroom that published on Wednesday at DKPittsburghSports.com. But this is a guy who not only blows people out of the hole, but he pulls and he hits in space, and he has the size to get up and get get on. The bigger guys in the NFL. He's also six foot six, which means he's got long arms. So he's going to be able to punch, get you know, get get separation, and help. That helps with his drive. I, I like Landon Dickerson a lot. His temperament seems to be cool. Um, you know, the, it's just it. All, the only thing you're holding back about Dickerson is you're scared that his injuries are going to be too much for him to overcome in his career. And if it, and listen, the Steelers have faced plenty of injury problems over the years. It's nothing new. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not mad at anyone who says I'll pass on Landon Dickerson. I, I think that, you know, you're even fine for doing so, but some people would put Dickerson as the option at the end of the first round. And some people, I've seen some people try to pick him with pick 24. And I'm just like, that's going too far because at 24, again, if you have four or five receivers going. Let's say five receivers going. You have to see five quarterbacks going. Let's see four offensive tackles going. That's already 14 players. Then we're counting two linebackers. That's 16 players. Two edge rushers. That's 18 players. Three cornerbacks. That's 21 players. Then we're talking about two guards with, you know, maybe Elijah Vera Tucker um, and, you know, one other guy there, like Wyatt Davis. You know, now we're in the now we're in the twenties, and then you get to deal with okay, Trayvon Morig. Does someone reach for him? Christian Darwin. Does someone reach for him? And eventually, you're going to get to a point where if someone hasn't taken a running back, there's going to be got there's going to be someone that there that that's going to be a steal for you, um, whether it's a running back or another position that you thought that you might even get first dibs on in the NFL draft, and that's going to be something. But center, I don't think a 24 is the one. Now, if the Steelers trade back, which I've argued for for several times this year, that would be an option. That would be an option because then if you trade back in the first round, I think 32, like if they traded with the Buccaneers, fine. Go, you know, maybe that's a fit for Dickerson. But um, but I think if he falls to 55, that's a that's a that that's a spot where I don't think they can pass him up at. Um, now, there's other guys they can consider with that 55 pick, even if he's there. Um, the other guy who, the guy who's probably the least red flag, red flaggy of all the, uh, of all the centers in this draft is Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Now Humphrey's, you know, he's, he started for most of his career, 
Um, he's six foot four. He's big. He knows how to use leverage. He's very he's very sound in his technique. That's where you like about him, and he, he comes off like a, like a real leader. But he's not the dominant physical force, and that's what you're looking for often when you want a center in your middle line. You want a guy who's a, who's a who's a you know a, a plug starter. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get everything going. He's gonna you know Marquise Pouncey when he. When he pulled and lead blocked, that special ability made him special. Uh, when you when you had Dermonte Dawson, um, you know he could pull and hit you in space, but he could also blow you out of the hole and you know get the run game going himself. Uh, and and you know, something that in sports all over, all over, and heck, in like board games, you know, like in chess, they tell you to take over the middle of the board. If you control the middle, you it opens up your your ability to control everything else. Like, you know, in basketball, you work the ball into the paint or to the pro spot in the middle of the court. It's the same thing in football. You want to be able to control the A-gap. If you can control, um, if you control the center, you know, offensively, if you can get the middle of the field, it opens up so many more things, and that's why center is important. Humphrey's good at doing that as far as a leverage standpoint, but he's not a physically dominant center and that's where i would be cautious about trying to get get him right away but i I mean he'd still be worth 55 but he wouldn't be the the go-getter that i think that you know if dickerson was healthy that he would be now the guy who could be that dude is quinn Miners, and you've heard me talk about him on this show but i rank him as my third center in this in this class and he's jumped up a bit because I've, i've moved him around but the more i look at the, the 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 things that he offers his pro day looks strong uh he he shows the right kind of technique yeah he played division three yeah he's playing coming from a small school yeah he's not this and that but when he played at that senior bowl man he looked really good he has the he has the numbers that, that uh, you know at least from from the numbers that we saw in his pro day um he looks like he's a guy that can control people he's big enough at 6'3", 320 he can move um uh, he he checks all the boxes there and he'd be another guy I'd be very comfortable drafting at 55. And oftentimes I flip flop between him and Creed Humphrey. But one thing that I know is that when you're looking at competition and you're talking to guys who had to go up against Power Five competition day in and day out, it's different to face that competition every single day for your entire career instead of one week at a Senior Bowl when you get to show out. So there's still that reservation that Quinn Miners might not be that guy, but I think he very well could be. And he might be even the option in the second round if he's sitting there. Um, so there's there's him. I have ranked him above Josh Myers because Josh Myers of Ohio State, I just see he's he's even more so like Creed Humphrey. Like he doesn't physically dominate people, but he knows the right things to do. And he's a leader in the line. So like he'd be an asset, but he wouldn't blow people up. But those are really the only day two guys that I see that are gonna be that would be viable options to come in, start for the Steelers either early or in the middle of the season, um, and make a big difference at the center position. After that, it's a start, it's a it's a quick fall off um, for guys who will be later on. Now, like I said, there's guys in the later in the part of the draft like like Michael Mennon of Penn State, like Jimmy Morrissey of Pitt, who I've been advocating for and saying, hey, get one of these guys. Uh, you know, because they're late in the draft. But Deontay Brown's another guy who I think if you get in the fourth round, um, he's more of a developmental guy because he's a guard who transitioned to center temporarily at times. 
but he could be an option. So those are your options at center. Again, if you want to read more, go check out my Carter's Classroom article on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm going to take another quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about a topic bag question that we haven't all explored too much. But first, a word from our sponsors at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. The only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter, and we're continuing our discussion here. Now, actually, we were shifting our discussion. I gotta say, to be accurate here, we're going to take a question from the topic bag. Remember, if you want to get your question answered on the topic bag, Steelers fans, go send an email to lo Steelers Topic Bag at gmail.com. That's lo Steelers Topic Bag at gmail.com. Remember, the lo stands for Locked On. So you send that that email there. It might not get answered right away, but it will be put into the topic bag and for consideration you'll be marked up and we'll get this we'll get your question on the show answered so it's a way to get your questions answered about the Steelers NFL whatever all right today's question comes from our listener Seth Rush um and uh Seth Seth says he loves the show thank you Seth we appreciate anyone who loves the show and we appreciate anyone who who contributes to the topic bag because hey we like hearing from our listeners but Seth Rush's question is, he's, is, I think most people agree that this could be the perfect draft to trade back and get some more picks for this year or next. But what is the scenario where you'd want to trade up this year? What player would be worth it, and what would you be willing to part with in order to acquire said player? doesn't have to be only in the first round as well. Thanks. Thank you, Seth, because uh, that's, that's a good question. Now, here's the thing. Seth gave me an easy out here because I could talk about first round trade ups up trade ups and I'd be like, eh, I don't know, you know, like I'd just be like, ah, so what, <laughs> you know, because uh, like, like, yeah, Justin Fields ain't falling. That's the guy I think I'd trade up for. If Micah Parsons fell to like 2021, 20, maybe, but I just, I still don't see that as the answer. I think that there's the day two picks are too valuable. However, what I think might be even more valuable is if the Steelers see it playing out one way where they're sitting there on day one. It's round one of the, of the NFL draft. And you and when you get to 24, you're like, man, such and such player like Micah Parsons, or Caleb Farley, or J.C. Horn, you know, one of those type of guys, they fall to you. And you're just like, I can't pass that up, but we need a running back this year. 
you take that guy that you can't pass up. You take that that defender who's going to contribute right away. And who knows? It might also be an offensive tackle. You know, Christian Darrisaw is another guy. I'd be like, man, if he falls, if Rashawn Slater falls, those are two guys I'd be like, man, that, that those, those are you know, a bunch of guys that I, I'd have a hard time passing up in the first round. However, we all know the reason that it'd be t- that, that it'd be tough to the, that you're kind of weighing there is that you might pass them up for it because the Steelers desperately need a playmaker running back. They need someone who's going to contribute. They need someone who's going to make people miss. Who's going to have the vision, extend plays, extend drives, and take the pressure off Ben Roethlisberger. And catch the ball out the backfield, all those different things. I've talked about running back a lot. You understand that. What they also need are guys who are going to contribute right away. And where, Seth, what may end up being the sweet spot for the Steelers to trade up is in the second round. And saying, hey, let's cough up our second round pick and a, and a fourth round pick. You got two fourth round picks. And let's move up 10 or 12 spots. And then we'll get Javante Williams. Now, there's sometimes I've been doing the different simulators where Javante Williams makes it down to 55. But the more and more I look at this class, I think he's could be gone. Probably could be gone. Maybe might be gone. But the Steelers can't gamble with that anymore. They've gambled at running back for the past four years by picking James Conner, by picking Jalen Samuels, and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. None of them were top 100 draft picks. That being said, you got to get a guy who's a guaranteed guy in that department. And there's only three guys that sit as a guaranteed, put a plug them in, and they will play for you well, play well for you. At running back. And again, that's Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams. Now, I fully expect both Harris and Etienne to be gone by the end of the first round. If they're still around, if one of them or both of them are still around in the beginning of the second round, yippee, maybe you trade up in that spot for one of them. But if it comes down to Javante Williams is the last back on the board, the Steelers need to get aggressive and make sure that he is on their roster if they haven't already gotten their guy. That'd be my primary trade-up spot if I traded up in this draft. Now, again, if something crazy happens, if Justin Fields falls to 20, that's that's a different story. I'd be like, oh, okay, now this is within reach, and you wouldn't have to give up three first-round picks to get him. That's when I would be like, I pull that trigger. But I don't see that happen. Now, another spot where I could see it happening is getting another day-two pick. Now, how did they get another day-two pick? That could be pro- that could be a problem. Now they do have two fourth round picks this year, but they don't have a fifth round pick. But maybe in that third round, they got the eighty seventh pick. It's a little low in the third round. Maybe you give up one of those fourth rounders and you say, "Hey, let's trade up in the third round and let's get a better offensive tackle. Let's get a better cover linebacker, a better cornerback." better safety who knows maybe you're talking better center at that point because maybe you maybe Quinn Miners is still hanging around you didn't address that position in the second round but those are my two sweet spots remember when you trade up in the first round that's expensive I mean when the Steelers traded up to get Devin Bush they coughed up what a first a second and a third that's 
that's that's costly. And not that Devin Bush wasn't worth it. I still think it was. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that it's just that easy every year to do it. It's not. It's why the Steelers don't often do it. And it's shown when they have done it, it's paid off. Devin Bush, Antonio Holmes, Troy Polamalu. So, if they know their guys there, fine. Go up and trade and get them. But in the first round, it's more expensive. But when you get to those second and third rounds, it gets less expensive to trade up. Because people know that those that, that first round pick, everyone knows that has, that's that's when you're in the sweet spot of it's less of a crapshoot there. But when you get into those into those middle those middle rounds, you're starting to say, okay, everyone knows that these aren't the definite picks. So let's let you know let let's try to you know let's 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 lose some value here. Let's say like, hey, we'll give up a fourth round pick and maybe a fourth round pick next year. But we'll trade up in the third round again, and I think one fourth round pick, if if it's not trading up too too far in the third round, one of the fourth round picks could help get get that get that extra pick in the in the third round, or not an extra pick, the higher pick, excuse me, and a higher pick in the third round, whew. I think that that gives you a, a little, that gives you a little better of a chance of getting all your guys. By day two of the NFL draft. Now again, in my mock draft that I just did, I went completely offense in that in that regard. I did running back, center, offensive tackle. Boom, boom, boom. You can go see who I picked again at DKPittsburghSports.com. But uh, I again, I look at 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 the needs of this team, and there's a lot of day two value. And the one thing I have against this Seth about trading up is that by trading up you're risking losing a spot on the day two board and i think gaining spots on the day two on the day two board is more valuable to this team because if you get multiple if you have right now they have two day two and for those who don't understand day two is just the second and third rounds because the nfl draft is three days day one is round one day two is rounds two and three day three is four through seven And I think there's a ton of really good talent at multiple positions that could be available in the second and third rounds. And that applies at center. That applies at tackle. That applies at edge rusher, cornerback, and safety. And linebacker. All of which are key needs for the Steelers in this offseason. So, Seth, those are my sweet spots on where I'd trade up in this NFL draft. I'd trade up in the second. I'd trade up in the third. I wouldn't trade up in the first. But I also might not trade up at all. Because they need as many of those day two picks as possible. But thank you, Seth Rush, to your question. Remember, if you want to get your question on the topic back, just send an email to LO as in locked on, LO Steelers 
topicbag at gmail.com. You send a question to, to me there. I will catalog your question and get you in at some point. Thanks again to Seth Rush for his question. Appreciate you and appreciate all the fans who submit questions through the topic bag. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. We're going to hope to have Jenna Harner on. I know it's a busy day in Pittsburgh sports, so it might be tough to get her, but we're going to do our best to have her on the show and finish the week strong with a Friday. Remember, if you're listening to the Lockdown Steelers podcast, you can do so on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, and the Odyssey app. I know we've had some problems with Apple Podcasts this week, so if uh, if you're if you're Listen to us by another means. We appreciate you making the jump over. But hey, if you're also enjoying the show, it really helps us out when you leave us a five-star view with a positive comment on any platform that you do. And when you do, you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Like this person, we have a review from Mike C. after five-star review. He says, love the show. Would you trade the Steelers 24th for the 13th and the 2nd, 1st and the 3rd, and the 1st and the 4th? I'm curious there, but I think falling back that far, because if you're giving up the 24th, you're dropping down what? I'm bad with math. 20 picks? 21 picks? That's a lot of picks to drop down. Granted, you'd have four day two picks, which would be lovely. But... Mm, I'm just... I you know I, I think it guarantees that you're going to have to rely on Javante Williams at running back there, which wouldn't be bad. But then you'd have to, um, you'd have you'd have to really try to try to hit on those third rounders because then you'd have two third rounders and an extra fourth. But it's an interesting question, Mike C. And thank you for your five star review. If you want your five star review read, give us a five star review with a positive comment. Again, both at the same time, get you the shout out. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com and listen to our podcast on the DK Sports Radio Network as well. Be back in your ears tomorrow, finishing off the week on Locked On Steelers podcast. Also, check out the Ultimate Mock Draft podcast that you can find anywhere podcasts are hosted. You'll get my pick this Friday, I believe, on the show and read and hear where I draft, who I drafted for the Steelers in this year's NFL draft. 